Glory to God. Well, we've been in a series that started last Sunday entitled Unhindered. Unhindered. So if you're unhindered, that means you're not hindered, right? And I believe there's a lot of things that we could see in life that hinder us, that hold us back. So we want, we want to know how to not be held back and, and how to live a life unhindered. And I've, uh, I, I've taught this series through the years, been here a long time, been here 29 years. In July, the 14th of July, it'll be 29 years that we've pastored this church. And uh, same church, except it's changed names a couple of times. But uh, um, we've taught this a number of times, but never like what I'm going to, what, what I'm, what I started last week and that we'll teach um, in the, in the weeks ahead. Uh, it, it, it's just been different. I've been, I've been studying on this and really meditating on it, and as I've done it, it's changed me. So I, I'm, I, you know, and I've told you this before, I'm never going to share something with you that's not changed my life. I didn't say it's perfected in my life, but, it, but that has not worked and changed my life. I'll never share anything just that I heard sounds like a good message and I heard someone else preach it and I'm going to share it. I mean, I glean from a lot of people but I share things that have, that have changed my life. And uh, so as I've been going through this study myself, or I have in, in, uh, over the last couple of years, th- this year I knew that I was going to teach it sometime. And when we got to the end of our series in January, I felt like the Lord said that there was a point in my series in January that God wasn't finished with and, he, and, and really directed me to, to go into this series on spirit, soul, and body and understanding your spirit, your soul, and your body. Um, I, I just In my travels around the world and, and being connected with different people, I found that a, a big majority of Christian people, now the, the world's a different thing, but a big majority of Christian people don't really understand spirit, soul, and body. Now, I'm not saying that I understand it like I will understand it in a year from now, but I've, I've studied it. I've, I've, I've listened to God. I've had God really show me. I've read lots of things about other people's per- perspective of what spirit, soul, and body is, and I've gleaned from that, and I don't necessarily always agree with what other people, everything that someone else says about it or, or, or has written about it, but I glean from it and make it my own. So what I'm sharing with you is not the exhaustive study on spirit, soul, and body, but it's things that are working for me. I mean, they're working. It's not just something I'm talking about. It's working for me. I'm sharing with you. You've got to take it and make it your own. And, and you know, along the way, you might have to tweak something or you're not sure about something. And you go through it and get a hold of it and make it work for you. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's not enough just to hear something. You've got to take what you hear and do something with it. So this morning, for the next little bit, we're going to do a little review of last week and then get to the body part of uh, what we discussed. We looked at the spiritual side of us and the soulish side of us, and I want to just look at one scripture each that we, that we looked at last week. And So we're going to start with um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 
1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. And he says, now may the God of peace himself, the God of peace himself, sanctify you completely. May the God of peace himself. Interesting that he called, that the Apostle Paul here called him the God of peace. Interesting. I mean, he's he's God, but why did he call him the God of peace? Because peace is something that people try to buy. Well, if I have a bigger house, I'll, have, I'll be more at peace. Well, if I have a better this or that, if I, you know, take five vacations instead of three in a year, I'll, I'll feel I'll be more at peace. No, you just spend a lot more money. It won't produce the peace. Thank God for all the things that we can have. God in, totally intended for us to enjoy this life and everything in it, but not without Him. The peace that people are looking for is in him. He's the God of peace. And he says this, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 24. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He'll do what? If you and I allow him to, he will sanctify you completely and cause your spirit, soul, and body to operate and function on planet earth the way it was intended to. I mean, you know, years ago I wouldn't have even used examples like this from the pulpit, but I mean, it's in your face every day. You know, every single day it's in your face. But when a guy takes a gun and he shoots a police officer, like the one in Colorado, and he kills this police officer, okay? God did not, God created that person that shot that man, but that man's body was not created to shoot people. Did you hear? But the problem isn't a body issue. See, if you cut that guy's head off, his body won't do a thing. The problem is what's in between the two ears. Now there's a brain up here. But the Bible says that there is a soul. Your brain is not your soul. Did you hear me? Your your brain is not your soul. Neither is your your heart, this blood-pumping heart in your physical body. That is not your spirit. But your body is your body. And I said this to you a little bit last week, but I'm going to drive this point home today. Your spirit and your soul are after the control of your flesh. Most people don't know that. If the guy that shot the cop in Colorado would have known this, If he'd have been sitting at gates of the city for four years previous, 
he wouldn't have shot a cop. Now, he can choose to shoot a cop. You can send out the word and choose to do anything you want to do. But I'm saying, most people, if they get the truth, they'll do something with it. Problem is, if you're not taught these kind of things, then you don't understand. Paul said himself, the Apostle Paul said himself, I find myself doing things I don't want to do. I, I, I'm doing something I don't want to do, and the things that I do want to do, I find myself struggling being able to do those things. But then he said, but the answer is, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. He empowers me to triumph and overcome. Christ does. But how does Christ help me to triumph on a day-to-day basis? Well, I can know that he helps me, but how does he help me? You've got to, it's got to be broken down, and we've got to be taught these things. I thank God for how beautiful are the feet of those who taught me the word and taught me these kind of things to give me tools to dig out and understand how to live this kind of life. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying to you, I'm not being critical anyway. I'm not saying I know everything and all that kind of thing. I'm just saying, after, after 40 years of born again and living in a world of, uh, uh, around Christian people, and non-Christian alike, I just find so many Christian people that have never been taught this. It's not that they're not, they don't love God and have great, do great exploits and all kinds of great things, but inwardly, listen to me, inwardly, when you're not right and you're looking for so many other things to make you feel right, when you're looking to drugs, I'm talking about Christian people, I'm talking about pastors, people in ministry that are going to prescription drugs and looking for drugs and, and things and alcohol and things to soothe their conscience and that kind of thing. It's because they've not learned this understanding of spirit, soul, and body and how to get relief in life from the person of the Holy Spirit. Not knowing how to get that. So yeah, you got to turn to other things, man. Or, you'll, or, or, or you know, some of the highest rates of suicide in this country are right now. Did you hear me? Right now. Over the last four years, some of the highest rates of suicide ever. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, and, and you judge it for yourself, I think if people knew this, why, why would you take yourself out when you got so much to do? Because see, this teaching right here and understanding how God created you, it opens up and evolves your destiny because listen, and you know we've taught this really hard for the last year, a little over a year now. That before the foundation of the world, before Adam and Eve, God had a plan for your life. I find so many people today, why am I here? What am I called to do? Why this? What this? I don't like this. I don't like that. I, I don't, I, I'm frustrated with this kind of thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of meddling today, so I'm saying a few little things. So just, if it steps on your toes, just let it step and do something with it. I'm not thinking of you or looking at you or whatever. But just, you know, I, 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 had, I, I, was, I had taken a trip to Phoenix the last couple of days on, on kind of a <clears throat> two-fold mission. Had to play a little bit of golf, and uh, but but to see some things uh, regarding a, a a church and organization that does amazing work uh, in what we would call domestic missions, you know, uh, in the United States mission work. You know, there's one thing to do to connect with missions overseas, but there's so much need in 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 this United States of America, 
And I, I was, I had the privilege of sitting next to this young man that um, was part of this, the schooling that went with this organization. And he told me, you know, I mean, really good looking young man, but he had been strung out on drugs and, and these kind of things. Really, I mean, smart guy, very intelligent young man, you know. And so I was asking him, I said, so how'd you get to the dreams near to the, this, this place? And he goes, uh, he goes, well, um, I was four years at this college. I, I said, right after that, I got my master's. And, and, and I, th- I thought he was like 23, four years old. He's like 31 or two. And he said, uh, he said, uh, I went through all my schooling and I got out and I got into the profession that I went into the schooling for and I just, I hated it. I literally hated it. And I, and I asked him this question. I said, were you born again before you did this? And he goes, yeah. So I was raised in church all my life. And I said, and, and did you ever ask God about your future? And he goes, I mean, he, sta- he, he paused for a little while and he goes, you know, I don't think I ever did. He said, it's just something that I picked up along the way and I thought that's what I was supposed to do and so I did it and so I went to school and I did all this kind of stuff. And he said, uh, he said, I got so stressed out that I got on prescription drugs. I got so stressed out trying to pay off all my school debt that he said, before I knew I was a junkie. And he said, and this place literally saved my life. And I thought, I thought, here's a kid that's been raised in church, a young guy that's been raised in church all his life. And he was never taught to ask God about his direction. Wow. It's a crime. Listen to me. Everybody say this. Education is good. But what education does is it educates. Education educates right the bible and church life okay it should teach you spiritual things so then you take the education that you get which is good and you're able to be educated enough to break things down and learn to Listen not to the voices of the world or maybe things that you've been taught, but go past those things and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And He'll show you and He'll teach you about your life and your destiny and your plan because He had a plan for you before the foundation of the world. I don't know how, but it says it five times in the New Testament. He had a plan for me before the foundation of the world. See, I was raised in a home where I played golf, because my dad was a golf pro, so I just thought I was gonna play golf. So I went to college to play golf, and I played golf, but what happened was I got born again two years before I went to college. And when I got born again, all of a sudden, golf wasn't everything it was, because that wasn't God's ultimate plan for my life, this was. He had this plan for me before the foundation of the world. And so wherever we're at in life, God says, You just develop a relationship with me, and I'll reveal to you what I want you to do. You ask me. The Bible says we have not because we ask not, but we ask and receive not because we don't have the right things in place in our asking. So what God's saying is, 
For us to be unhindered in our flow of fulfilling his purpose and plan that he had for us from the foundation of the world, we have to understand spirit, soul, and body. And he declared in this First Thessalonians that our whole spirit, soul, and body would, would be established and completed the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means today... He wants that being developed. He wants you to understand spirit, soul, and body. And he wants you to understand that your flesh, the mind of your flesh, okay? He wants it to be controlled by the voice of your spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to understand his voice in making decisions in life so that your flesh doesn't do things that are not pleasing to him. Now, that's not hard, but it takes time to develop. So, I'm just reminding you, look at Genesis 1. I'm just reminding you about the spiritual part. So, God created, uh, uh, verse 26 of Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. What is God's image? Spirit. So you and I were created spirit. So first and foremost, before you're a body or you're a soul, you are a spirit. Because we were created in the image of God. We aren't created in the, in the angel class. The animal class, any of those, they are what they are, but that's not us. We were created in the God class. Okay? So we're God's children, so if you say God is God, then we're God's also because we're God's children. We're rulers in the earth. He he gave us dominion and authority over everything. That is to be a God over things of the earth. Because we were created in His image. You know, to, to, to say that we're gods is really dangerous waters for some people. It's dangerous because of what people's minds think. Well, you just think you're God. I didn't say I'm him. I'm an idiot if I'm saying I'm him. I just said I'm his kid. That's, that's who I am. I was created in his image. So I don't have to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have to chase down everything that an animal will chase down. I don't have to have an appetite that an animal would have. I have self-control if I tap the things of the Spirit because I was created in God's class, not the animal class, the angel class, not the human class. I'm not a mere human being. Because first and foremost, I'm a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Because to live on the earth, you've got to live in a physical body. It's like if you're going to be on the moon, you've got to be in a certain kind of suit. On this earth, this is the suit. And if you're not in this suit, you're not here. Some people in here may not feel like they're here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) but if you're here in one of these things you're here right but we are not 
a fleshly body first and foremost. We live in this body, but we are spirit. Amen? And then we have a soul. And Hebrews 4, I'm just going to read this verse concerning the soul, and then we're going to look at Romans 8 the rest of the time. Where did I tell you to go? Oh, Hebrews. Hebrews 4 and uh, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or the dividing, one translation says, the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now there's a lot said there, and we're going to use this verse the rest of the weeks that we share on this. We're going to use this because there's about, well, what, what, as I'm looking at it, there's a half a dozen different um, directions you can take this verse by the half a dozen different points that are brought out here. But what I want to look at today is, as we go into understanding the body part of who we are, I want to understand that as I'm preaching to you the word today, as I'm declaring the word, that's why I can't preach a message without using scripture. It doesn't work. I mean, anybody can just talk a talk. I mean, unless I'm just quoting scripture and not looking. But I, but I have my paper Bible up here, Right? And, and we look in this, we've got them on the screens so that you can see it and look at it. But if we don't talk Bible, then we're not preaching the Word. You can, you can preach stories and talk about different things that, that, that are close to the Bible, but you've got to, you don't have to necessarily quote Scripture and verse and everything that you say, but you've got to bring the Bible content into what you're saying. You've got to back it up. It's got to be backed up. So, he said that the Word of God is the, 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 uh, it, it, the Word, uh, it divides the soul and the spirit. There's a, there's a dividing, and it ha- the, the soul and the spirit have to be divided because they're not the same thing. Did you hear what I said? They're not the same thing. So, as I'm preaching the Word today, what, what part of your body is helping the parts of your body to receive what's being said. Okay? You're hearing me with your, with your ears, your natural ears. Okay? But what's processing what I'm saying? Your brain, okay, is processing it. And it is. Because see, if, if, I, if, if, uh, if I'm saying, okay, I'm going to pick my Bible up. I'm telling myself I'm going to pick my Bible up. And my brain's telling my hands to pick this Bible up, okay? But from the brain, and I said to you earlier, the brain and the soul are different. They're they're separate. They work together, but they're different, okay? So what has to be processed here, because your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your mind is full of memory. From before you were born, when you were in your mother's womb, you were processing things, if really ugly things happened between your parents and there was a lot of anger and fighting and those kind of things, your, your soul picked that up. 
Okay? If it was peace and joy and all those kind of things, your soul picked that up, even in the womb. But all of your life, your soul is keeping a memory bank of everything that you're hearing. If you never come to church and you never sit under the Word, then you base everything on what the Word, the world says. The world, not the Word, the world. If you come here today and you're listening to what I'm saying, the Word is going in your ears, and once it goes in your ears, your, your brain is taking that and processing it, but your soul is taking that information and doing something with it, okay? What the Word of God does, that's why the Word is so vitally important. Notice what he said here. He said, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but we'll talk some more in the future because I want to get to the body at the moment. But your spirit man has, your spirit, who you are, is like a little you on the inside. And that spirit, the Bible talks about the mind of the spirit. Your spirit man has a mind because your spirit and the Holy Spirit, the day you got born again, became one. And, we, and, and I showed you through Scripture all last month how that your conscience is the voice of your spirit. I'm going to say it again. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Holy Spirit tells your spirit what is right about a situation and it is conveyed to your soul, to your brain, so that you can get a hold of that. But if you're not daily renewing your mind with the Word of God... You're not declaring things out of your mouth about how real God is and His Word is. You can't just take for granted because you're born again that you're going to believe that God will do something because if you don't believe it up here at the end of the day, whatever you think about yourself and whatever you believe personally, that's who you are and it's how you will respond to situations. Okay? If you're an angry person and you're born again, and you've not dealt with anger in your life, it's because you've not renewed your mind to that. See, so, so your spirit man, when, it, when your spirit wants to give you information about how to not be angry, or you don't need to be so upset about this situation, you can't receive that because you're totally controlled by your unrenewed soul. I'm talking about a born-again Christian with an unrenewed soul. Now, there's a, there's a verse of Scripture in the Bible that says that we're to be saved daily. And that salvation is the salvation of your soul, the renewing of your mind. Not what we, If you got born again, then you're born again. That settles it. You understand? Spiritually. But when you separate between soul and spirit and you learn to understand the importance of your, of your soul... Okay, that soul needs to be saved and renewed every single day. This morning when, when I woke up, first thing out of my mouth was this. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice today and I'll be glad in it. For God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. I rejoice because I'm God's child. I've been filled with His Spirit. For greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and discernment regarding every decision that I need to make today. 
I choose to be a blessing to all those around me. No matter what happens today, I know that God will see me through, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, nobody can be against me. I choose to honor God today by the words I speak, by the way I act, and by allowing his love, light, and truth to shine through me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and going out, ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ Jesus. For he always causes me to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Today is a great day and something great is happening today. I need to hear myself say that every single day, multiple times a day. Why? Because it's doing maintenance on my soul. It's saving my soul from thinking the way the world does because there's two or three things that I just said right then that, I mean, I've got cold chills based on what I just said. Why? Because I've said it for years. I've added to it. I take away some, sometimes I'll drop a little off, but I always keep adding to and adding to what God wants me to say over myself. I'm no good for anybody else if I'm not doing this kind of stuff. See, because the information that is lodged in your soul from all the years that you've been alive is going to control the way you respond to difficult situations. Did you hear me? It's the reason people fight, they quarrel, they're in strife, they're in division, they can't get along. It's the reason that people shoot people and do crazy things because they've never learned to renew their minds. Listen, here's a verse of scripture and remember this. It's Proverbs something, something, okay? So you just write that down, something, something. It's Proverbs something, something. Somebody will know what it is. I'm just, it just left me for a moment. But it says this. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. Life and death are not in the power of the devil. Life and death where you're concerned, are not even in God's control per se because He said He gave it to you. Did you hear what I said? Don't, don't, don't think that God, God can do whatever God wants to do. But God didn't set it up that way for you and I. God set it up for you and I to live our lives to where we say what he says is so, so what we're doing is enforcing what he said is so, and once you begin to believe that what he says is so, then you'll have what you say. When you believe what you're saying, it's what he said is so about you, and when you really believe that's so, you'll have what you say. He set it up that way. But it takes the process of renewing your mind every single day. And, you, and, and people say, well, well, so then what happened? You, you, just watch. If you don't do that, you don't know what's on the other side of it. He called and he said, we have to live that way. Now, I said a lot right there, but I'm going to back it up with Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 1. And I, we won't get all the way through this. We just got a few more minutes. But we'll pick it up next week right here. And you can, you can write this down also. You can write this down, spirit, soul, and body. I, I just wrote down that this is what each of these, it's, it's what they contact in our being, okay? 
our spirit man contacts, is in contact or connection with our conscience. Our spirit is. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Most people don't understand that, and we're going to really define that in the next couple of weeks, what that looks like. Your soul is in, is in contact with your reasoning and intellect. Your reasoning mind and your intellect. See, if every time God tries to say something to you and get something over to you, you want to reason your way out of it, man, it's a dangerous thing. That's why our reasoning's got to be brought. Everybody needs reasoning. We need to reason. We need intellect. But we need it. We, we, we need it renewed by the Word of God so that we think and we reason God's way and our intellect is, is, is bathed in God's way of thinking and not the world's way of thinking. That's why God set it up for us to get information. Education is great because it educates us. But we've got to take education and then let revelation from God's Word come out of the knowledge that we have about things. How many, how many people know that just information itself, okay, or knowledge of things, puffs up? You can, you, you can walk really strongly in pride based on what you think you know. But the way you get rid of that pride is when you find out in Scripture that the Bible says... No man knows anything like he thinks he needs, like he thinks he does, because he needs to know more. See, and, and, and when you stay in that state of understanding and that state of, of operation in life, man, you can't, you, you never top out. You never get to the end of something. It continually evolves. Then you're able to take that wisdom from God and confound the wisdom of those who think they're wise. People think they're that smart. And I'm not saying do that in an ugly way. I'm talking about doing that in a way to help other people. Because if you're an educated person to a high level and you have the Holy Ghost, you can help people in ways that you don't even, you, you, don't, you, you can't even imagine how you can help people. If you take the Holy Spirit to draw the wisdom and the revelation out of the knowledge that you have, it, it's so much more powerful and more effective than people have any way of even imagining. So we're tapping that. Can you say amen to that? We're tapping it. We're not living our lives short. We're living our lives in the fullness of the things of God. Can you say amen? Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. <clears throat> Oh, and the body uh, contacts the feelings or the natural world. The body does. Feelings are natural world. So, <clears throat> I'm going to actually read the first 12 verses. Then I'm going to come back because there's no way to go all the way through this. Uh, we'll have to do, may even do it for the next two weeks after this, out of this passage here. So, let's just start. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 
Now, the word flesh is defined as this, but also, but also in the definition, you can look at it at, at this word every, I mean, about, I think about nine or ten times the word flesh is used right here in these first uh, 11 verses. The word flesh right there, and it's all the same exact word. And it means this, but it also means the thinking of this. Okay? So this flesh has to do with the carnal side of a person that, that its access is through the five physical senses. Okay? So what I see and what I hear on a day-to-day basis, what I touch, what I feel, all those kind of things, the five physical senses, they affect the way my body responds and, and does things in life, okay? So, so think of that as I'm reading. Now watch how many times the word flesh is mentioned here. Think of that as, as I read these next few verses. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit... And, and I'll just add to this because in the literal, it, it's there. In the literal Greek, it's there. It, it, so the first part talked about the minds of the... Uh, uh, let's see. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit... Notice it says here, the things of the Spirit. Over here, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. In the literal, it is they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So they're setting your mind on the things of the flesh and just what you hear out here, five physical senses, or you set your mind on the things that your conscience is revealing to you that are true about God. For to be carnally minded, same thing, same word, as flesh, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. How many people today, you don't have to raise your hand, just I'm asking you, how many people today, the Spirit of God's on the inside of you? I'm telling you today, He said you're not in the flesh. Because you're not a flesh and blood being. You're a spiritual being that lives in a flesh and blood body. You're not. I'll read it again. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if you're born again, in other words. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. Okay? The word dead here, the word death here and dead here is not ceasing to exist. It means to be unproductive and unoperative. You're not doing anything in life because you're so controlled by your five physical senses and what your emotions and all those kind of things say instead of learning and developing your ability to hear from the Spirit of God. That's the key to your success in the days ahead. If you're you're not developing your ability to hear the voice of God, and you, you know, 
unless God chooses to do it because he set it up different here, you'll, you will never hear God speak in an audible voice unless he chooses different. Because, I mean, people have heard him in audible voices, but that's not the norm. You'll never hear God in an audible voice with these ears, ever, unless it's a, it's a given situation where he comes to you because he's getting something over to you, whatever. That, that's his business. But he set it up, as, we, as you read through Romans chapter 8, he set it up this way. Okay? So, he will quicken your mortal body and cause your body to be able to hear his voice, and then your body will do what he says. And listen to me, he knows everything. <laughs> There's not anything he doesn't know. He knows everything. Everything. He knows, I'll, I'll say it like this. This may be even stronger. This will help you a little bit more. He knows everything about everything. Does that help you? He knows everything. And he lives in me. And if I'll do what he says, if I learn to, to know how to hear him and then do what he says, he'll cause my body, he will cause my body to do everything it's supposed to do. How, how will he do that? Because he'll get over to my soul what needs to be done. And when I learn to develop, listen, if, if you're hearing from God versus a friend of yours, and you know you're hearing from God, and it's all in line, I'm not talking about using God as an excuse, all I hear from And you know, listen, you know, when it comes to hearing God, you don't have to tell everybody that. Well, God told me. No, sh nobody's going to believe that. That's between you and God. My wife tells me things in secret. I don't tell anybody. When God tells you something and you're learning to apply these principles, don't tell everybody about it. They, they, they're not going to help them. They're going to think you're nuts anyway. Just do it because the Bible says do it. Now watch, here's the last verse I want to read, and then I'll go back up in just about five more minutes. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, what's the flesh? The carnal, it's this, it's the carnal, but it's the thinking, the five physical senses. If you live according to what you see and hear all the time, that's got to die. That part has to die. But if by the Spirit, you're putting these things to death, you're putting this stuff with the five physical senses to the death by the Spirit, then you'll live. That's the difference in life and death. Remember, the word death here is not ceasing to exist. It's being unproductive and unfulfilled and not on the receiving end of the things that you're desiring in your heart. How many, with the raising of the hand, how many have desires in your heart that are unfulfilled to this day? I do. But they're coming to pass. Can you say amen? I haven't seen the natural manifestation, you know. But they're coming to pass. I've seen many, many, many things come to pass. But there's things that have not come, but they're coming to pass because I'm connected to him. I'm still learning how to hear his voice. Because listen, it's got to get deeper and deeper with him in your relationship with him. Should your relationship get worse and worse? I love my wife today. After 39 years of marriage, I love my wife today more than ever before. Will it be 39 and 
August. I got to make sure that she believes that I really believe and understand that I know that, right? <clears throat> It'll be 39 in August. But I'm more in love with her today than when I first met her. It should be that way, see? Because we've worked at our marriage and it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger instead of weaker, weaker, weaker. I didn't say we haven't had battles. We've had lots of battles. But the battles have made us better. And we're getting better and better as the days go on. Amen? Stronger and stronger as the days go on. That's the way it should be with God. It's got to get deeper and deeper. You can't, you don't come to a place where you top out. Well, you know, I've done that. I did that 15 years ago. Did what? Oh, I, I, I did that stuff you're talking about 15 years ago. I'm not talking about stuff. See, you're not understanding the things of the Spirit. I'm talking about He, the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a person and a relationship with God through the Spirit of God, through the voice of the Spirit, which is my conscience, revealing things to me that I need to know in the moment. Man, there's a lot of times I need to know things that nobody can give me answers to. But He can. Amen? So, I'm going to leave you with this. <clears throat> We're going to come back and really focus on verse 12 and 13 next week. But I want to leave you with this in the, first, in the first couple of verses here. For the law of the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law that goes with the flesh. So I want, I want to leave you with this thought about spirit, soul, and body. There's a world, there's a world out there of sin and death that is controlled by the flesh. There's a whole world out there that's in operation. Sin and death and the flesh. And that world is in operation and you can choose to live in that or you can choose through the word of God to live in this law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Law of sin and death, it's, it's in operation. Jesus paid for you to be set free from this, but you can still live there. Because if you're not living in this, then you're living in that. There's no in-between. Well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of sometimes try to. You're living here. I'm talking about predominantly you're living here. Now, everybody's over here. And we're working our way out. And you may be over here in certain areas and over here in other areas. But listen, hey, there's no rush. You've got the rest of your life to work these things out. But God wants you to make them real to you today. So the law of the spirit of life in, in, in Christ Jesus has set you free from this over here. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on the wrong page. Husbands and wives. I don't know what the heck that was. I'm thinking, what? <clears throat> sorry. Verse 3. <laughs> For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. Everybody say, God did. So what we're talking about, God did. See, God's already done this. It's already done. He said, God did this when... By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Remember, Jesus did nothing wrong. Took all the sins of the world upon himself. He took all your sins on himself when you, weren't even, you hadn't even been thought about. I, I don't know how, but I believe the word. See, I just believe that. God did. 
sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. And then I'm going to end with this verse. That the righteous requirement of the law of sin and death, watch this, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to what we see, hear, feel, taste, and touch. Right? But according to the voice of our spirit, our conscience, revealing to us things that are true based on the words that we hear. When I was confessing the word earlier, I was telling you, first thing out of my mouth in the morning when I wake up, that comes out of my mouth. At least that. When I, was, when I was saying that and declaring all that out of my mouth, my spirit was just, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, like I told you, there was, there was, I had cold chills as a result of that word because it's something that I, I can't live without that. I can't live without hearing myself declare and speak the word because then all of a sudden I start settling into this law of sin and death. This thing being moved by things that you hear. Well, you know, inevitably, even when you are speaking the word, this happens, but inevitably, when you're not and you back off from it and you're tired of it or you're tired, you don't want to do it, and you, and you don't put it first place in your life, inevitably, somebody will come along giving you bad reports and saying things, and all of a sudden, fear grips your heart. Then it's like you have nothing to fight with because you're not listening to the Spirit of God. Most of the time, people that bring bad reports... Your conscience wants to get over to you what the real truth is, but if you're not practicing that and developing it, okay, you can't hear what the Spirit of God's trying to say to you. you, you you're you're going to think the worst of something, and, and then it magnifies, and, and actually it really wasn't as bad as uh, nine times out of ten, it wasn't as bad as the report that came from the person, because they brought it four people down, you know, and they made it worse, and now it hit your head, and now it's going to magnify even that much more, and yet, if you listen to the voice of the Spirit, He'll shut all that mess down. He'll shut it all down. Because who did we read about in the beginning? The God of peace. That's what I need. The God of peace. When I can pray in the Spirit, when I can declare the Word of God, yeah, God, this seems to be that way. Yeah, yeah, but Bert, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal. You heard it. That's what was said, but it's not that way. It's this way. And because I've developed that hearing, I can hear that more clear. If I choose to turn to Him, I don't care how much you do this, but if you choose to believe the report instead of believing the report of God, then it'll, it'll overtake you. I don't care how long you've been born again, how much word you think you have or anything else. It's a choice every single time. Every situation, from situation to situation, it's a choice. I choose God. How about you? Amen? Amen? I choose the Spirit of God, the voice of the Spirit over anything else or the way anything else appears to be or sounds or seems like it is. I choose the Spirit of God. Amen? Our message today, entitled Unhindered, is where God's taking us to is a place where we are not hindered by any demonic force, any natural force, Anything out there that wants to shut us down and keep us from fulfilling the destiny that God had planned for us before the foundation of the world. Can you say amen to that?